0: Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. Today we're going to be talking about the dynamic weather coming to Europa that Bungie announced. If you're listening to this on iTunes or Spotify, Google Play, you can always catch us live at saynotorage.com. And if you want to see the Q&A and VIP sessions as individual uploads again, we brought that back, but you do need to be a paying member. If you'd like to join, it's five bucks a month, and that's just one of the many perks I try to give to those direct supporters. If you're not a paying member, there are timestamps below. So, Bungie released this on a Wednesday, so we're actually kind of hoping this means the TWAB will have some more substance in it, because they could have saved this for the TWAB, and they didn't. They did it in its own blog post, this announcement about a dynamic weather system on the planet of Europa, and how they kind of walked through it, and why they did it, and how they developed it. So, I'm going to walk through the opening part first, where they talk about storm systems, and kind of how they walk through some different iterations and changes and what they really landed on, what it's going to look like. Then I'm going to walk through the three phases. I'll I'll show you the three photos if you're listening to audio. I'll do my best to describe them to you. And then I want to end by talking about how, again, you guys are probably anticipating this, this feels like engine update evidence to me. And uh, obviously, I'm hoping that that is the case. So let's just go through this opening part here. They talk about what they wanted to do. They wanted this to be something that really changed the feel of Europa and and, and what they were aiming for. So I'm not going to read the entire blog post to you. I'm just going to highlight some important sections. So right here, it says the team tested features like... Slowing player movement, altering grenade paths, even knocking players off their sparrows. But then they concluded it was painful. It was too much. They didn't want that to be your experience on the planet and I was kind of glad. As I was reading that, that was the first thing I thought of was you're going to make the new planet really unappealing if I'm getting smacked around. I mean, already, sparrow riding can be pretty frustrating if a band of roving pikes decides to blow it up. Uh, And they said that they wanted to make some changes and make it feel dangerous without it being disorienting, oppressive or negatively impacting core gameplay. And This is obviously important because they know a large bulk of their audience lives in the public space and wouldn't want to be having a significantly negative, you know, experience being like, yay, snow and ice and it's miserable. Uh, It's where realism meets gaming. There's always that fine line of it's too realistic. It can be really, really annoying. Uh, Games that have stamina and you can only run for so long can be a little bit like that, right? That, That realism can start to grate against core gameplay and just basic things you want to do. Early Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild is very much like that. Obviously, it, it it delivers in spades a great experience of leveling your character up, but the stamina and the climbing can be pretty you know frustrating, and so I was glad to see that they really considered what the weather would do to the core gameplay. And then down here, they said the answer lied in scripting the weather in a way that was similar to the systems found in Destiny Activities, and then after a lot of investigation from some clever folks, we managed to do it the resulting system is a script controlled and fully networked um, so the system itself is, is script controlled it's fully networked now obviously they're being very vague here about investigation from some clever folks we don't know who those clever folks are I've been you know I have been postulating and been theorizing that they brought in either Microsoft or another company or they tasked people at Bungie to update the engine in the game and to make significant technical advancements so that the game was better, bigger, ran smoother, etc., And that there, I don't know why you wouldn't say, you know, people on this team or the, the, the entire blog, they're telling you who's doing what and who discovered what. And there they, uh, they keep it pretty generic. And I'm not sure if that's necessarily an indication of what I'm hoping it is, but... It is interesting that that aspect is, is is kept vague. It's also good to see that they put a lot of testing into this and it pushed them away from negative player impact, which leads me to question, what does that mean for Crucible? If they're worried about core gameplay being disrupted by getting slowed down, frozen, you know, or knocked around, what is Crucible going to look like then? We're going to do a separate video about that, but that is a lingering concern, I think, for fans of PvP and Destiny that's core gameplay movement being restricted and slowed could be something that really frustrates folks so then they ask does it go to 11 so they want to show you what it's going to look like so again to the audio listeners you're not gonna be able to see this i'll do my best to describe it for the folks watching the video the first picture there is no storm at all clear skies fresh snow you know perfect skiing weather is what they say and Obviously, it's beautiful. Like, the planet itself has a very unique look. It's going to be reminiscent to the moon because of the color palette, but I do like the feel here of this snow-swept land. And uh, one thing that I took notice of in this picture is, they use it three times, is just how small the Guardian is. We've continued to try to highlight the fact that Europa feels Large uh, When you look at the maps, as I was re-watching and sort of listening to my argumentation about the Europa map, I noticed a significant difference between the EDZ map and the Europa map. The Europa map feels more zoomed out, almost like it's topographic, and the EDZ map feels more zoomed in to show like the racetracks in the small little areas. Again, leading me to think that Europa is significantly larger than the EDZ, and this picture gives some credence to that theory. Then there's the Phase 2, and so, if you're if you're listening to audio now, it's a little foggy. Uh, you know, distance view distance has been lowered, and there's obviously snow falling down. They say the light storm blots out the sun and completely obscures the starry sky, so you can no longer see the skybox. And then this alone dramatically changes the feel of the destination. So you can see here, uh, you know, view distance and render distance has been has been lessened. You can't quite see as far. The skybox is totally gone, and it feels a little foggy, a little murky. And then there's some snowfall. So that's phase two. Phase three is when it gets pretty interesting. The wind roars and there's snow flurries uh, and they're violent. The midground is actually difficult to see you'll only really see faintly visible silhouettes and it's nearly impossible to navigate uh, it would be nearly possible to navigate without being able to see the silhouettes players are encouraged to stick closer to cover and move with intent so again you can see the tiny little guardian there they use this it's it's basically all fogged out now you can't even see the structure that the guardian is standing beneath so the fog density has essentially been turned up so the now again this could be one of those things that sounds great on paper and it looks great in this little article here but I'm actually curious if folks start to find this annoying if you're like, I kinda don't like this, it's hard to see, it's loud, you know, it's it's not it's not disrupting what you can do, but it's certainly disrupting your experience. So it is experiential as far as like visual and auditory, but it's not it's not disrupting form and function. You can still drive around, fly around, all this. I'm genuinely curious if folks look at this and they're like, Man, this is annoying, I don't like this. I actually I actually am I, I think it's a cool idea, I think it's dope, but Are folks going to try to reinstance to get out of an area where there's a storm? You know, is reinstancing even going to allow you to do that? If this is running on a timer, I don't know if reinstancing is going to be, you know, a way to get away from it. And so, personally, for me, I think this is really, really, really good news. However players are uh fickle players are persnickety and they may end up saying that they don't like it now it does give credence though i think in function to the thermal scopes we had some theory yesterday uh from necro about oh are those thermal scopes and we weren't sure if they were thermal or if they were just marking enemies they have been confirmed in this article to be thermal scopes so they will have function uh, you know, they will have some uh, some form. So that's, a, that's another reason to kind of chase those weapons. Lastly, let's talk about engine update. This again feels like a big fat breadcrumb of they have made an engine change to this game. They've never done anything like this before. We've gotten minimal environmental effects. I mean, there's light rain drizzle on Titan. There's no sound. There's no lightning. There's nothing. Just a, per- a persistent, you know, rain drizzle that actually messes with frames per second on both pc and console so this feels like a pretty significant change a pretty a pretty large update to say hey we are actually going to put a dynamic weather system that can make the game look like this and then make the game look like this i mean when you really scroll back and see how bright the snow is when there's no storm how massive the area is again why would you suddenly do something like this it seems next gen like it's it it just has that feel of a next gen game uh it feels like a larger living world that i don't presently see this working or being possible in the current version of destiny 2 um again I'm not trying to sit here and say this is a brand new engine, they completely rebuilt the game, but I believe it's a significant update to the engine. We had across say that you know he was on that call where they said they had to rebuild all of the planets and this would be one of the benefits. Maybe we see other dynamic weather changes and things happen on the other planets because of this. I'm excited. It's going to make the game feel more alive and more unique and more, you know, like it's more advanced, you know, stepping into the the next gen console landscape. This might be another way to really make it stand out. So I, again, think this is evidence of a ground level background engine change of some sort and I'm excited. So as always, there's Q&A and VIP links below. Uh, and that will get you to either the members-only uploads or the timestamps on the past broadcast. As always, if you're listening or watching in other locations, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the question and answer session that followed my talk about Europa getting dynamic weather. If you're listening to this on iTunes or Google Play or Spotify, you can always catch me live at com. You can watch these now as individual uploads if you'd prefer to watch them on YouTube as individual uploads. You just need to be a paying member to see them. Uh, I have them linked in the 10 minute video or we have the timestamps we have timestamps on the video as well that will link to the past broadcast if you'd like to see that someone might want to tell Silent Magician he's way behind on the live broadcast Polarin coming in with the first question with them adding this new weather system to Europa do you think they will bring this weather system to the rest of the planets which have much simpler systems if they don't I feel like it will create a less immersive experience depending on which planet you are on uh yes and no I mean first I'm going to say do I think they're going to bring it to other planets that would be dope but I'm not going to insist upon it because how much can you really do I mean I guess you could do rain lightning wind I mean they already do sun moon clouds on, on a lot of the planets the skybox changes um, you know I but there's only so much you can add. I mean, to, to the EDZ and to Nessus, um, I'm not really sure what you would add, I, other than a couple of, you know, a couple of rainstorms, maybe. I mean, are they going to add tornadoes and hurricanes, you know? I, this, this is an easy win, right? They can add, like, almost a blizzard effect to the area, if we scroll down here, and, you know, obscure your view. But I don't know what exactly... Like, this might be cheating. And what I mean by cheating is they're literally adding like a density of fog which that's something graphically in games already isn't it with like render different d- distance can't they do something with uh, d- that i mean and they're they're they could be cheating a little bit like it's not going to be like actual lightning coming down and hitting the ground and clouds rolling in and it's not going to be like an active weather system um uh, th- th- we're a, we're a long ways off from games actually having that. Like if you remember some of the early footage of Anthem, it looked unbelievable. The the, the shadows and the wind and the lightning and the and the stampeding animals. I, this is this seems like it's just going to be de- fog density and some snow, uh, which obviously that's really that's a whole lot easier than. I mean, I have always found the storm system in. Breath of the Wild to be should just be no pun intended just breathtaking. You especially you know you go you go kind of gliding out over an area and there's just big huge lightning crashes all around you right next to you out in the distance and the rain's coming down and then you know then the clouds roll away and the sun comes out. Um, I you know what I'm saying? I, I think these are I think these are these are good good uh systems in a game like Breath of the Wild but I don't think these are the kind of systems you're going to see in Destiny because that would really be the only thing you could do on earth um it, you know put that on on the EDZ and maybe the Cosmodrome maybe they could do something on if Mars ever comes back with like you know sandstorms or something and that again would just be like a a, a, dent, a fog density thing that they could turn up when they feel like it now to the second part of your question You think it's going to be less immersive experience depending on which planet you're on this is always a dilemma when they try to advance the game is they can't necessarily advance the rest of it I remember when the Taken King came out and I had to go back to Cosmodrome for anything it felt empty barren boring and and uninteresting because the Dreadnought had enemies everywhere and puzzles and secrets and you know Court of Oryx And when you went back to the Cosmodrome, it just felt empty. It's like there's nothing here. It's Just a big empty playground with a couple of fallen dregs and vandals, you know, scattered throughout. Uh, And that, that wasn't necessarily like a problem, but I definitely think this is something that's always going to happen. If Europa's bigger, more expansive, bigger areas, like the scope and scale of the planet seems pretty, pretty huge. And they've got weather you know you might feel like the other planets fall a little flat um that would be a question that i would have is are they going to do anything to the other planets if all right let's entertain this for a second here as a thought experiment let's take the premise that they have updated the engine let's take lono's theory and premise that the engine has been significantly updated and they rebuilt all these planets to work in this new engine that could mean a handful of things that could enable them to do maybe better public events, bigger public events more of a living world feel more enemies, more things happening um that certainly is possible some of the areas we've seen in the trailers for Europa seem jam packed with activity lots of enemies, very dense there's tons of them in small areas lots of things going on and now you're adding dynamic weather well, you could similarly do things on EDZ and Nessus with respect to and Cosmodrome coming back be significantly updated to have more going on to feel more um more alive as opposed to you know what we have now which is a lot of the planets it's predictable you're kind of accustomed to it you're used to it you d- you know you don't you don't think much of wandering around in all these places um so they're setting expectations for the TWAB. Uh, we'll have a little bit of tech talk for back-end changes coming in November. But there's definitely uh, it's, there's definitely some inside baseball. A bit of it may go over your head like it did with mine, but we'll have a quick what-this-means-bullets-to-help. Engineers are smart. Other than that, a recap of some cool Europa stuff you saw earlier this week and a nice preview of Beyond Light community emblems for fashion shows, bungee bounties, and more. Uh, these won't be available until after November 10th, but they're fun. See you around 3pm Pacific. So, it seems to me that we're getting a tech, you know, some tech updates in the background. I am hoping that this is with regard to the engine or something with respect to how they're pulling off all these things we're seeing. I think we're seeing more fluid enemy movement. I think we're seeing more density of enemy, you know, packed into areas. I think we the stasis effects and the storm effects are the result of technical changes. And this could be why again Prophecy Dungeon has to be taken out for technical updates in the background. And he's saying the engineers are smart, so it's either matchmaking engineers, netcode engineers, or actual engine engineers. It's gonna be one of the other. There aren't too there there aren't too many things the engineers are going to be able to commentate on that would matter to us outside of matchmaking. Or engine tech level changes so I am uh, obviously my interest is very peaked here uh, about what we hear tonight given everything I've just been talking about our thought experiment about the engine potentially getting updated and then that would mean the other planets could be significantly updated anti cheat I don't think so If Wish's leaks have been pretty locked on and pretty correct, all we're getting for anti-cheat's two-factor, you wouldn't have engineers come in. And also, he said a lot of it's going to go over our heads and then they'll make sense of it. They're not going to have engineers going into that level of technical information because that would be giving away the farm. Like, they're not going to tell people how they're instituting anti-cheat they wouldn't, you see what I mean, like he's saying it's going to get into tech language, it's going to go over your head, well they're not going to have tech engineers coming out and talking about the, the interworkings of an anti-cheat, like I don't think so, I don't think so um, so, maybe I get to celebrate and have a victory lap tomorrow and, see, and, and get to tell everybody I told you so, maybe we'll get some engine uh, information today that'd be awesome clap for you with the next question other than visual impairment when in combat do you think other weather problems will occur also is weather just the start of the live environments here's something that we may have overlooked and I didn't really say in my uh, in my in my post okay is this line right here um, players are encouraged to stick closer to cover and move with intent That line kind of sounds to me like something else might be going on when a storm picks up. Maybe there are certain enemies that show up, uh, certain threats that happen uh, and make combat maybe change or maybe be a little bit more difficult. Maybe if it happens during a public event, something happens Um, because they talk about um, bring a thermal or something right here, it might, not ha- it might not hurt to pack a thermal scope. Now, I've already seen somebody's question about this later on, so sorry for chopping your legs off here. What if that means you can literally change your scopes? This is what lightleap has been asking for, right? They didn't say pack a gun with a the thermal scope. They said it might not hurt to pack a thermal scope. Again, I don't want to argue from silence here, it, you know, they didn't necessarily need to say pack a gun with a thermal um, thermal scope, they said it might not hurt to pack a thermal scope, so maybe there is a gun update with customization of sights and scopes that would, that would be um, landing here, I don't know, but again we've already seen a weapon with a thermal scope in the trailer, we don't know if this is speaking to customization or just hey grab one of those new weapons, they're built for Europa. That's contextual power, right? We've talked about that before. A weapon or a piece of armor coming from a destination and having a perk or a benefit with respect to that destination itself, like Oracle Disruptor on VOG weapons. Um, So, the enemy marking scopes are officially thermal? Really? I never know they actually called them thermal. I just was like, oh, it just highlights them or whatever. Um, Thermal scopes already exist, though. Is that what they call them, though? I didn't think they, they referred to it as a thermal scope. I thought it was just like it marked the enemies. Wouldn't a thermal scope work through a, like, light or thin structures? Um, look on a certain gun and they are called thermal. Okay, what's a gun with the scope? Hockey scopes are called thermal? Are they really? I didn't realize that they did that. Oh I got I got booted for an activity. Thermals defined as a th- on the thermal spectrum. What's give me a specific gun HVT scopes All right. lightGG SD thermal SG okay hockey thermal imaging scope medium zoom. Yeah, it is. It is. there are they are referred to on Hockeys uh, as thermal. SD thermal scope. I'll put it on screen so people can see it. The Telemachus. Can you tell me what that is? Is that a is that a scout or is it a auto rifle? I'm gonna assume that's a scout. It is Telemachus. Okay, here's the Telemachus Hake, and there it is. SD thermal Hake thermal imaging scope, medium zoom. Highlights enemy targets. So um, that's not thermal at all. That's just a name. I mean, I don't know. It, it it have we tested this? Does this work? Does this work through thin structures? It probably doesn't. It probably just highlights what's in front of you. Um, the half dan gets it as well. I've never paid attention. Um, I knew that we had scopes. That highlighted enemy targets. I didn't realize that they actually called them thermal. Um, in any case, we're we're, we're kind of getting on a we're we're getting off on a side a side trail here. The language here is, you know, it might not hurt to pack a thermal scope. Uh, maybe that's something that they're adding again, a layer of customization, so you can slap. Um, Slap that on a gun uh, and use it, you know i didn't invent the turtleneck, but I was the first to recognize the potential uh of a tactical turtleneck tactone <laughs> This is a thermal sight not highlighting targets. I understand what you're saying in the real world Avenger is that a thermal scope actually shows heat signatures um this is th- this is a thermal imaging scope. Is there a difference between the two? Um, the scope in the trailer is an actual thermal, though. HVTs highlight targets and still show detail. Thermal scopes don't. Huh. In the trailer, it, it's not thermal. It's not like oranges and reds and purples and stuff in the trailer. That's not true. That's not true at all. It literally just shows a red outline in the trailer. I we we watched it so many times cuz somebody thought it was a new Look at that. That's not thermal. Get this stupid overlay. That's not thermal either. It's literally just outlining them with a the yellow outline. I know it cuts through the fog. I 100% understand what's happening here. It, it, it's it's showing you them through the fog. They can see them, but it's not a traditional thermal. It's not showing what like a thir- like a like the predator vision. Predator vision is basically thermal. If you've ever seen the movie Predator, okay. This is what we have now. This is just the highlighting. So this is exactly the same thing that we have now on the Hakei weapons. So. Yeah, what Jay Subble says, actual thermals like Predator Vision uh, or mostly solid white and black like the AC-130 footage. Yeah. So, um, this, this is, this is again, I think uh, them showing you, hey, they can't see the enemies and then he does this and there they are. This is one of the storms uh, that they talked about. So, I, uh, I, again, I, we're, get, we're getting a little bit off on a tangent here that, that's not super important. You know, I, I again think the language of it might not hurt to bring a thermal scope could mean that maybe they give us some uh, some customization. Um, as opposed to it being like, well, you can only use guns that have thermal. Maybe it's a way, maybe they're bringing weapon augmentation. Or, you know what we saw in the Ghost with 10 levels of energy and then those mods? Maybe they're gonna bring mag mods, scope mods, um, barrel mods. So you have like four mods for your guns. and when you level them up to those energy levels, you'll be uh, you'll be able to have, quote unquote, pack a thermal scope. Uh, it'd be cool to see if that is something that they bring to the game as well, which would be a deepening of, um, of the weapon system without negating god roll pursuance, but bringing customization to the game in a way that homogenizes the system. Armor 2.0, your ghost, all of it looks the same. All of it has um, a way to level up the item and then get perks accordingly. Uh, I think that'd be good necro well well well, look what we have here a topic on the weather (laughs) necro flexing a little bit necro making uh made made some predictions about uh you know maybe thermal scopes and things like that coming uh to the game and so was i I know was very thrilled with what they uh they announced yesterday any ideas on things other than thermal scopes uh i'm wondering what new stipulations the game um can put us can put out can put on us out there well, it sounds like they don't want this to be something that increases pain, but gives you audio-visual experience uh, adjustments. So, we said a little bit ago, they could do something with these storms that bring enemy... Uh, kind of like the Vex invasions. So anytime there's a storm, the the, the Dark Empire could basically say, Hey... We're gonna we're gonna take advantage of the the ice and the fog and this and the darkness that kind of comes from it, and we're going to um, we're gonna use that to like spawn attacks and, and invade or pop up out of the ice or something. So there could be vex invasion style events that also come with these storms, and maybe not every time. Um, maybe during pub events or something that could happen. Because uh, they said it's fully scripted and fully networked, so it's just going to kind of do it on its own. Um, you know, it could be it could be another thing that they do with it though. Which is why you'd want to have a thermal scope because it's like, oh my, you're gonna you're gonna get this invasion. It's gonna be kind of hard to, you know, see where they all are. Avenger with the next question. So since we're getting breadcrumbs to an engine improvement, do you think that more things could be done to other areas as well? Titan could be coming back and have refined rainstorms with varying degrees of rain and other stuff like that Well, of the planets leaving, yes, I think you could do um, you could do solar storms on Mercury where maybe I don't know it, it it's hot and things are combusting into flames or something you could do obviously significant bigger rainstorms and lightning on Titan uh, as we said you could do sandstorms on Mars um, do, those are all things I don't know what you do on IO IO is kind of weird so maybe they could do something you know a, a little otherworldly um, I don't know you just whatever they do to those planets or the existing planets they've applied a principle that they would maintain which is, you're not gonna get beat up, slowed down, or knocked around it's gonna just kind of be an audio-visual thing so it's not gonna be like acid rain or volcanoes that can hurt you, electrical storms that can, that can you know, shock you it, they're not gonna do that but they could certainly add some of those really, really cool audio and visual effects so the planets have unique identity and feel alive um, so um, take storms from anthem and make it better right, yeah, yeah yeah yeah, attaching some sort of an event to it would be cool, um you know, you could do something on Mars where stuff under the surface starts to cause uh these sandstorms and it comes and then whatever it is pops out and is like a world boss or something instead of a vex invasion, it's like this. I don't know. It it would be like a worm or something. Uh, that could be pretty cool. Um, we're definitely must be getting an engine update because the original Tiger engine was never capable of doing proper weather systems. Yeah, and tonight we're getting technical information in the Twab. So I really, really hope I get some big feathers in my cab about engine predictions because I've been I've been banging on this drum for a while, and it'd be, and I remember saying it would be really really nice to know this ahead of time like include it in the um include it in the in the marketing like let us know um how do we know technical information's in the Twab dmG uh tweeted um, that's probably why you didn't see it <laughs> anyway uh he tweeted that tonight is gonna be technical talk that might go over your head. He said it went over his it's uh it's gonna be the engineers. he said um it's some inside baseball a bit of it may go over your head, but we'll have a quick what this means bullet points to wrap um so uh yeah. There you go. Right there. So he's setting those expectations. Um, we'll see. We will see. Like I always thought if they were going to make an engine or technical side updates, they need to communicate that to the community because I believe that's a value point that hopefully they can say we're doing X, Y, and Z. This is inside baseball. It's kind of hard to understand. Here's what it means for you as the player. Active weather systems, bigger areas, more enemies. You know, those are things I'm hoping that are included tonight. Because, listen, the engineers aren't going to come out and talk about much. There's only two things engineers could potentially talk about. Matchmaking, which I don't know why they would do a deep dive into the technical side of matchmaking to the point that we don't understand it you know what I mean, because he says it went over his head, it's like, I can't think matchmaking tech speak could get that complex, so to me, it really looks like we're going to get some engine talk tonight, that's my hope, they're not going to talk about anti-cheat, because they're not going to go down to to deep technical details about anti-cheat, number one, because they're not doing it, number two, you wouldn't do that if you were, so there's not much engineers can talk about. It, 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 there, there's only two major topics they could really update us on one it, I don't think can get that technical it's just matchmaking why would that be something you need to, they don't really need to update us on that unless they're getting into the skill based matchmaking conversation again and they've implemented something in the background that requires this level of uh, of input but even then would it would it go over our heads I, I'm leaning towards engine engine talk because that's the kind of stuff that we wouldn't readily understand uh darksider with deed saying older scopes won't be upgraded to have thermal sights, could this cause problems in higher level ordeals with locked loadouts where midway through you get a storm and suddenly you can't see the enemy and you can't change to a thermal scope well i mean i feel like you're i feel like your question's contradicting itself You're going to be going into a higher level ordeal with lock loadouts, but you're going to be using an older weapon that would likely be sunset, right? So you wouldn't be taking it into the higher level ordeal. Um, uh, I will say this. I want to see what they mean by this, is this going to be a customization angle? Are they going to give you the ability to put a thermal scope on any of your guns through what we think might be the modification system, like with the Ghost, leveled up to 10 levels of energy and then there would be 4 mod slots. Um, I mean if you look at a weapon, okay? If you look at a weapon, I, I honestly think there, there there's, there's some logic here where you could say um, there is a mod for each slot. Look, there's four, right? So there could be, like how they showed on the ghost, four mod slots. There could be a mod for scope, sight. There could be a mag, there could be a mag mod. And then there could be mods for whatever lands here. It mods to enhance, change or augment the four slots on a gun, cause there's four slots there's scope, barrel or sight, that's the first, the first one's either scope, barrel or sight, and then there's mag, and then these are like, usually like damage reload um you know what I mean that, that could be how they do it. Then you come down here and the four mods would line up with the four things up there as augmentation, customization, or enhancement. And that would enable you to say, tell you what, I want my scope to have thermal. I want my scope to have, um, pfft, I don't know, um, I, I can't think of anything else right now. Uh, but yeah, sight mag barrel rounds or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it wouldn't be, like, game-breaking. It would be customis- customization and augmentation, as opposed to you, like, specking out a god roll with mods. Like, that'd be kind of stupid. So, good to hear, Agent Atwood. Good to hear. Uh, so, we'll see. I, like, I anticipate there's got to be some level of a, of a gun update. There has to be. They updated your ghost for crying out loud. Like, I can't see them not doing something with guns. It would be really odd. It really would be like, "Wow, that's great! You gave us four mod slots and customization on our ghosts, but guns are still the same old random roll perk, nothing special mod system, champion system." If none of that stuff changes, that'll—I I feel like that'll be odd. Uh, Nova hands with the next question. Do you think real-time dynamic weather effects on uh are another indication of a big engine overhaul? Seems odd that they're just showing getting this feature. I mean, if we really want to tie all this together, Nova, literally the day before a technical twab, they talk about this. I mean, listen, where there's smoke, there's fire, man. I know you guys think I'm seeing engine update in every tea leaf at the bottom of a cup, but it's like, come on. They literally a a whole blog post on a Wednesday out of nowhere about dynamic weather right before a technical twab. to me I just feel like the dots are connecting man, like that, we're gonna hear about some level of engine tech update tonight, and they're gonna it's gonna be related to this blog post um you know uh I, it just to me the dots seem to be lining up uh, they seem to be... They seem to be tying everything together and putting a bow on it. Um, you're not crazy I'm with you on this? Yeah. Yeah. It th- This this week in particular, if, listen, if 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 Dylan would have come out and said what he said about the TWAB and there was no blog post about dynamic weather, I'd be like, yeah, it's a 50-50 shot. It's fifty fifty 50-50 shot. It might be about matchmaking, right? The fact that they did this right on the heels... Uh, right on the heels of the of the dynamic weather post, tells me it's related. You know, hey, we had this big update. We want to tell you why this is something we can do now. This is something brand new to Destiny. We've never done this before. Let's talk about why this is possible. I'm hopeful. <laughs> I'm really, really hopeful that it's all very, very much related. Death blood. The dynamic weather is a good thing for high-end PCs and probably next-gen consoles. Shouldn't we be worried that it yeets the FPS on current-gen and weaker PCs uh, into the abyss to force players to use worse graphic settings? Um, Well, first of all, you can't change your graphics. Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Weaker PCs. Okay, okay. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, Here's the thing. Because of how they're doing it, and it's it's a it's a draw distance limitation it's actually probably not going to affect your fps it's just fog and if you know anything about frame rate consistency the less that needs to be rendered and shown the easier it is to maintain good frames per second this is why when you're in small little hallways and areas everything seems nice and you go out into big open areas and tundras and landscapes and all of a sudden it gets a little jittery uh, on a weaker system so you'll probably be fine um, and, and what future foe is saying maybe the engine update maybe the technical stuff they're going to talk to us tonight will assist with this but they're going to be limiting what's rendered. You know? Like, look at this. Like, when the storm is at its worst, look how much is not being rendered or shown. There's less pixels on the screen. Um, I'll take it a step further. I believe we were getting engine upgrades this year, and next year we get a new engine. Significant upgrade as we leave the old consoles behind. Darksider... Uh, would agree with you. Dark is one of the people that thought we're going to leave old consoles behind in Witch Queen, and that's when we get the engine change or the engine update. I think we're getting the engine update sooner because of the weather stuff. So the writing's on the wall. The whole DCV is to make them able to recycle content encoded into the new engine. Europa was wrote for the new engine. I think you're right. I think you're right. And um, yeah. Yep. I'm hope, I'm I'm hoping we get the info tonight. I really am. I really am. I I've never of all the subjects about Destiny that I've wanted to be right about. I really want to be right about this one. I'm 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 very biased. I'm very vested in this. I'm very vested in this argument and this prediction because of what it will do for the game long term. What it'll do for us and the experience and what they can create. So Finally, something good we can blame Lono for? Yeah, maybe I'll get uncancelled. <laughs> Orion uh, with the next question. With dynamic weather being introduced in Beyond Light, do you think we could see content from the DCV have this applied to them? I'd love to see dynamic weather systems in the old D1 locations. Um, well yeah I mean if Venus comes back I mean we've already talked about Titan and some of the D2 locations coming back with some of those updates but the idea that I mean if you think of the locations from Destiny 1 Cosmodrome as I said there's not much you could do there but Venus you could do a lot of rain because it's wet and lush a lot of rain a lot of storms a lot of lightning Uh, you could do that there that'd be pretty dope Uh, there's the other side of Mars we've already talked about sandstorms so D1 it was what was it? it was Earth And then Mars... And then Moon... We already have the Moon... Moon you could do meteorite... Uh... Uh... Crashes and stuff... But then you gotta... You gotta be careful not to hit the players... Or hurt the players... Um... Yeah they did the snow in the Cosmodrome... But... That would feel like... They're just copy-pasting... You know... Europa everywhere... Um... Like you know... Meteor showers on the Moon could be cool... But again... How do you do that without knocking the player around... Or hurting the player... Um... The other uh, the other side of things are I'm trying to think of the other planets oh dreadnought you can't do much there um, and then we went once to like we had that teeny mission on Phobos uh, Earth Mars moon Venus dread yeah 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 uh, so you know I would say um, I would say slight camera shakes every so often of the effect of the meteors hitting. Yeah, yeah. It could be visual and audio. And, and you know, they could have them on predictable paths so they don't really hit players. They hit structures that are above and up in the air and stuff. We already get killed by Cabal dropships. That, yeah, that's true. That's true. So we'll see. I mean, I, I think what we were just talking about, like taking planets out to rebuild, rework, and bring them back with these engine level updates... It could be weather oriented, but it could also be world event oriented. World bosses, bigger public events, uh, bigger things happening, patrols that have you doing more. Uh, these are things we've wanted to see more involved, more you know, lost sectors with loot motivations inside them. Uh, these are things that could come from this as well, because uh, if you can think about it like this if this is completely scripted um, and automated then you could do the same thing with events enemies, world bosses etc. so you wouldn't it wouldn't necessarily be weather it'd be other things I tend to agree with creature, I don't like camera shakes so I wouldn't want to be on the moon and be like yay, here comes a meteor shower, I, you know, I get to have my brain rattled for 30 seconds you know, I, I, would, I, don't, I think there's other things they could do, um Again, I think we're thinking small here. We're thinking small. You're thinking weather. What if this system they built enables them to do things that are far more significant, like we've been talking with the world boss showing up, or the Vex invasions are just a taste of what they could do in the form of weather events. This is a global thing, right? It's happening all across that area. You could do something with enemies, but so instead of a storm showing up, something else shows up. Um... That, I think that could be cool. Dark Calamity. Do you think they should flesh out the weather changes to cause slight effects such as the chilled or slow effect you get from Hive exploding? I think it would add some nice depth to the environment. Well, you gotta kind of ignore what they said if you want that. I mean, they, they concluded... They concluded that they did not want it to be disorienting, oppressive, or negatively impact core gameplay, because they did have it slowing you down, knocking you around, altering you know the paths of grenades and stuff, and they said it was painfully unfun, and it made anything doing in the game almost impossible. Now obviously, you're not saying turn the dial up to 11 and make it miserable, but they're saying it just didn't work well. And I'll be honest with you, I would just reinstance. I'd be like, "Here comes the storm. I'm just gonna get the frick out. I'll go somewhere else. I'll come back later." You know, I, you know, I I wouldn't. Um, I definitely would not want to uh, to be there when it's happening. I would a hundred percent reinstance or leave. Um, and I think I'd be in good company with that. I don't think people would want to stick around and get their you know get their experience messed with, which. Obviously, obviously, I think this is uh, related to the crucible discussion we're going to be having soon. and the crucible discussion is essentially, is stasis, you know, is it going to ruin crucible because it's going to be disruptive to play flow and play rhythm, map rhythm, map flow. Um, you know that, that if if they concluded that this was bad for public space, I don't know. I would be concerned about what it's going to do to the the Crucible experience because, in a similar vein, in a similar vein, you are going to want to be running across map, going into an area, going through a door, pushing in, trying to collapse, whatever. Uh, these are these are things that Stasis will potentially grate against in Crucible, so. Mike on to Mike. Yolona, with dynamic weather on next-gen consoles, have any impact on initial sales in your opinion? So, they didn't say in this blog post, but there is a slim chance tonight's TWAB is about why you won't get this on Xbox One and PS4. I mean, they could come out and say, listen, the version that we're launching on consoles and PC is going to have updated background tech that can do this, and you ain't getting it on the Xbox One and PS5. It's certainly possible. I think there's a slim chance of that, mainly because it's just fog density, which should be totally doable on these old systems. They're not adding glaciers popping up out of the ground or lightning strikes or you know, snowballs you know flying all over the place, physical things. It seems to be mostly fog density with snowfall, uh, which, again, could have zero effect. Um, I might have misspoke. PS4, Xbox One, right? They might say PS4, Xbox One won't get this because they're not getting these technical updates. I happen to think that's unlikely. Their main draw, I think, for you updating, because I do think Bungie has a vested interest in you upgrading the next-gen consoles, because I firmly believe they're going to leave them behind with Witch Queen. I think that's a fair prediction. I think their main draw is going to be frames per second in FOV. That's I, I think that's going to be the main draw. They're not going to want to be like, oh, you don't get dynamic weather on Europa. They're going to say, listen, you're going to get an enhanced experience on these. You're going to get faster load times, higher frames per second, better FOV, and they'll leave it at that. Those are technical improvements, not experiential differences at the core level of game. Like, yeah, you don't get the, sto- the storms. So that I think is going to be their selling point I think they want to get you converted they want it, They want you to come over to the other side and get the new consoles, I do, I think they want that I, they, they more than likely um, want to leave behind old tech it's probably limiting a lot of what they want to do so what would happen when an Xbox One X and a Series X play together, will we see different versions of the game while being in the same area? well yeah that's that too like the storm wouldn't be there for them but it would be there for you I, what I think they're gonna do is again they're gonna give you the increased frames per second in FOV you don't see that happening no I firmly believe that destiny has plans to leave behind old Jen I do they're too old they're just too old they're too, they're too bottlenecked so they did it with Rise of Iron and that was literally think about that for a second Think about Rise of Iron and what it brought and what it offered. And they had to leave behind old tech for Rise of Iron. Really? Compare Rise of Iron to Taken King. You know, if, if that small of an expansion needed to leave behind old tech, then I would, I would imagine eventually they had to leave behind these tech, these consoles, um, Oh, no, I agree with you, Christina. I agree with you that, that Old Gen will get the storms, but that doesn't mean Old Gen's going to continue to get content ads like Witch Queen and Lightfall. Eventually, eventually they'll make similar statements that they made with Rise of Iron. They'll say, only 10% of our community on these old systems, and there's all these things we want to do that we can't do on the old systems. I think that's one of the reasons that, my, that Microsoft and Bungie are in talks is they want to work together to get people to move console generation. ravenous what do you think about their quote bring a thermal is evidence we're going to have a weapon update i believe this brings credence that scopes barrels yeah this is a bit of a repeat we've already talked about this so it is a benefit as a paying member if you're in discord you can submit questions before the stream starts so you know your question 11 and somebody earlier got you know beat you to this um, no wait, I think I beat you to this this might be my fault, in any case um, sorry about that, I think I jumped ahead, cause we kind of got on this subject, so um yeah, I don't think it's happening this year either Christine, I think it's too soon well they would already have told people, they would have already said like, your version of Beyond Light's gonna be different uh, because people are already paying you know, so um yeah yeah, I, I think I think they're going to leave behind uh, old gen uh, uh, next week. So, um, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, the the, the scope talk, this you know, adding scopes and stuff, that could be that very well could be them saying there's some level of, of gun update coming, and they're you know they're going to give you the ability uh, to to customize things at some at some level or another. Um, So, we'll see. We'll see. Ashen Hollow. One of the lore buffs was... uh, One... Oh, one for the lore buffs. Sorry. Was Europa ever terraformed or did we just sort of tough it out? I don't know. I don't know. There was a city... There was some form of civilization there. There was some form of civilization there and now no more. But there's some dark empire there trying to build. Uh, and we're trying to both glean from what they found the stasis power, but also we want to stop them from like whatever whatever he's, you know doing. Oh, did I say next week? Yeah, it's not happening next week, guys. There's no way we're leaving behind old Jen next week. Next year. <laughs> uh definitely a human settlement that was home to Bray ExoScience. Yeah, I mean, there's clearly BrayTech ExoCenter there. I mean, they clearly, this is where, this is where Elsie Bray was born, right? I mean, that that backstory we might get, I don't know about, you know, if it was terraformed or tufted out. Like, I, I, I'm not genuinely sure why you, why you asked this. Like, I don't, I'm not equipped to answer it. <laughs> I don't know this kind of stuff. Uh... You think they won't have Witch Queen on Xbox One or PS4? I believe Witch Queen will leave behind Xbox One and PlayStation 4. I believe that. I believe they're laying groundwork this year to set up really big things and they will have to leave behind Witch Queen. And I believe the reason they partner with Microsoft Game Pass and talked about the new version that you're going to get on Xbox Series X, they're working hard to convert everybody over. Um, it'll remain to be seen how much they promote that on PlayStation because PlayStation is their larger audience Um, I think PC has rebounded back to being the larger audience but PlayStation's a huge portion larger than Xbox so Uh, Gilly in the Mist do you see the highest level of the storm giving a burn effect like stasis where stasis powers are stronger on both sides do you think this would be dope or just annoy players? I like where your head's at. I mean, they certainly said they don't want it to be oppressive or negatively impact gameplay, but if suddenly all my stasis stuff is stronger or the explosions are bigger, that would be pretty cool. I don't know if they have the ability to do this at present. Maybe we'll get some information tonight, but modifiers tend to be on all the time. They don't suddenly turn on. Um... So th- that would be an interesting background change to suddenly say when the storms show up, you get a stasis buff. You know, that would be an interesting development, which again could be related to what they're going to talk to us to tonight about the technical update. I was thinking more like if it wasn't terraformed, maybe other planets will follow suit. What if the darkness reverts the other planets to the pre... Oh, yeah, I have no idea, Ashen. Like, the planets coming back... When they come back, I do think they'll be dramatically changed, but I don't know if they're gonna have le- like that level of lore reason behind it. Um, so that's too soon. Too many customers will be left behind. There's no way to know that. Did you see how fast the pre sales of these consoles has have, have happened? I-, I don't think your prediction is even remotely back number one, it's not backed by anything. Number two, these new consoles are are are, are selling seemingly really really high numbers so an entire year of selling them and keep in mind they could next year do destiny combo units of the xbox one series x and the playstation slap the artwork on their collector's edition and get the remaining group to come over um you know so but then why delete content for playstation 4 players well, I mean, you have to understand they're not going to co- suddenly create 18 different iterations of the game depending on the, pla- um, the 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 platform that you're on. They're delivering the game and it's the same everywhere. They're not going to be like, well, PlayStation can keep Titan and I.O. because uh, you're not getting Witch Queen. You know what I mean? No chance in a year? I'm telling you, the, 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 the console shift is fast. It's really, really fast. Especially for Destiny players that are going to get a benefit for switching um so, I I don't know two at the very minimum even if you're leaving, uh, even then you're leaving cash on the table, not necessarily, again, they, they they could, they could be doing very very strong pushes with both platforms to get people to switch over you know, uh since they do have marketing deal with Microsoft, I fully expect a custom D- Destiny 2 Xbox, just like PS4. Yeah, I do too. I mean, they could wait to do it until Lightfall, because maybe Lightfall will be a bigger and more significant, uh, a more you know a bigger and more significant change. I do think we're all we're all throwing darts in a dark room right now. We're all making random guesses about when they do it the general consensus from all of us is that eventually they will leave behind the old consoles maybe it makes more sense to do it at Lightfall and that would be a turning point for the next generation and the next era of destiny um so I think they only waited a year didn't they only wait a year for wasn't Rise of Iron a year after um I feel like Rise of Iron was one year after Xbox One and Playstation 4 launched when did the Xbox One and PlayStation 4 launch? Were they 2015 or were they 2014 is the question. I can't remember. I, th- because I know Destiny 1 Vanilla launched 2014. Um, 2013? The original PlayStation 4 2013? Well, yeah. See, that was a year before. So that was a while. That was a while. So... It took them, it took people three years. So Yeah, it might be Lightfall then. We might we might be we might be predicting this a little too early. You know? We get one full year in. Next year, they get more people to convert with combo units, and then lightfall is when they're like, We're leaving behind the old consoles. I could see them using next year as a big combo unit push by a collector's edition, Destiny 2, you know. PS5 and Xbox One Series X, and get the the last bastion of customers to all come over because a year from now the consoles will probably be cheaper too. So you get those people coming in buying the cheaper versions, the sale versions, the combo versions, etc. And then Lightfall, they're like, yeah, we're leaving behind old old uh, old gen. Um, so we may be we may be a little bit uh, hasty in our prediction. Aku uh, Aku to Papa says what if the events uh this year were tuning for the weather system especially thinking about vex offensive i mean it's always hard to know if bungie's putting something in the game as an experiment it's you know what i'm saying so i i don't know it's possible that's what they were doing they were saying yeah vex offensive was our our first step in in doing um yeah, weather. I happen to think no, the, the Vex invasions were just like the roaming wolves and House of Wolves. Like all of a sudden, the ships show up and start dropping people off. The Vex invasions were the same. Instead of a ship, it was like a little a little lightning animation, and then all of a sudden you get transmatting Vex. You have to remember too: uh, are the OG Xbox Ones being left behind, or are you lumping in the Xbox One S and the Xbox One X as well? Yeah. Yeah, you know it. It's that's where it gets complicated. Because here's here's the honest to goodness truth: the difference between a series, an Xbox One, the S and the X, and a PlayStation Four and a PlayStation Four Pro, the difference between them isn't isn't big enough. If Bungie's leaving behind old gen, they're leaving behind all of them, every single one. There's not enough power difference between a pro a PlayStation 4 and a PlayStation 4 Pro and an Xbox One and an Xbox One X. Like the difference between them is like it just isn't good enough to, to warrant that. I don't think the One X would be dumped that quickly. I know from a consumer standpoint that might seem too fast, but again, I don't think there's a big enough of a chasm of difference between the Xbox One and the Xbox One X to warrant letting it stick around. It's going to come down to tech. It's like we—it's not strong enough to do the things we're trying to do. We're adding dynamic weather, maybe bigger areas, maybe more moving parts, more stuff going on, and the Xbox One X is going to be like, nah, can't, just can't. It just isn't possible. Very processor limited in the lack of the SSD. Yeah, there's a handful of things bottlenecked. When did the Xbox One X release? I think two years ago, didn't it? I think I've had mine for two years. That'd be four years. Um, uh, it's significantly more powerful than the OG. I don't think it's powerful enough to make a dent in what we're talking about. They've already discontinued production of the One X. I, f- I feel like I got my Xbox One X two years ago, which means it. So oh, it was twenty? Was it twenty seventeen? 2017 is when the Xbox One X came out? I mean, come on, man. It's been three years. That'd be, f- it'd be four or five years. That's a lot. That's a lot of years. Um, I don't know. I can't. I can't see it. No, I can't see it. It's clean. It's clear. There'd be no question. You need a PS5 or an Xbox Series X if you want the new if you want to get lightfall you know at that point in time the xbox 1x is 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 5 years old uh, you know it that's that that's pretty freaking old at that point so you know it, we're, it's already a 3 year old system so <laughs> 4 and 5 years you know after it's been out i think it's safe to be like look you know, you've had the thing for half a decade buy a new con- buy a new console um, you know so The real, the real, um, the real issue I would say would be how often can you expect people to upgrade their systems and what's the main selling point? You know, what's the main selling point? Are you, are you giving them just more games? Like that's, that's one of the things right now you're now reconsidering getting a series uh, S or an X. Right, like, and right now I think that's one of the bigger questions about the new consoles is, you know, they didn't really focus on performance enough, I don't think, in their reveals. They only focused on titles, and the titles themselves, none of them look that impressive because of stream quality and frames per second and everything else, and those games probably run actually really, really well. So, the marketing around, uh, the marketing around the consoles has been a little odd. Um it's been a little odd I, I, and again, it's hard though, I think we, we talked about this earlier before we got into q and I think that a lot of us in this particular community right here at the present time the, the, the people that hang out here and play Destiny I think a lot of us switched to PC because of Destiny 2 and we're all looking at these consoles and we're like I don't see it I don't see the reason to get it and they didn't preach and they didn't preach performance because I think they're just banking on people being like, well, I have one. So I'm gonna get another one. You know? Um so it's the we're we're continuing to look at this as PC users a lot of us, and we're just like, I don't know, it's just they didn't really talk about performance. It doesn't seem like a big reason to go, you know, to these consoles. Especially as a PC user, when you see a lot of those console exclusives on PlayStation are just console exclusives. They're also coming to PC. Um, Now, they said they're walking some of that back because, man, that PlayStation 4 reveal was such a bumble. They immediately started taking trailers down and walking stuff back. Because they were like, well, yes, it's coming to PC, but it's a timed exclusivity thing. Because I think PlayStation owners were like, I don't understand what... Are we getting anything that really warrants buying the console if you have a decent PC? <laughs> um, so there, there's a there's a there's a certainly a, a slight disconnect there, I think, because of how they marketed some of it, um, and and their current user base. A lot of them are literally just going to update just because that's what you do. It's like, well, yeah, I've had a PS4 for. However many years, it's time to get a new. It's time to get a new console, and you just do it. You don't. You know, a lot of folks don't even question it. They just immediately uh, do the update. Playing games on PC just doesn't slap as hard as I'm on my PC all day at work. When my work is done, I'd, uh, i I want to put that thing away. Right, I do think there's something leisurely about and more hobbyist oriented about like yeah just hook this box up to your television and lounge on your couch or your recliner and just and just play um, you know they can't risk moving away I think that person's really behind on the uh, on the stream I think some of the PS5 exclusive messaging was hiding a PS4 release rather than a potential P- a PC release right that too like they don't like the fact that people are finding out that like Spider-Man Miles Morales is also launching on a PS4 folks are like well okay you see what I'm saying um they're, it's, folks are looking at it and saying I don't understand what, is, is there any reason to buy the PS5 that's where I don't think, th- I think they should have focused on performance. Because now all of a sudden you have an entire audience that's like, oh wait, so it's also hitting PC, I've got a pretty good PC, wait, it's also hitting PS4, I already have a PS4. What on earth? Why should I up- upgrade? That's where they should have talked about performance, they should have talked about load time, frame rate, like, well, how's the game going to look and run? Um, and I think that's a touchy subject though because the the there's a lot of moving parts here the people who make the game they don't want you doing that don't don't talk about how the game's not going to run as good on a PlayStation 4 we're going to sell we're probably going to sell a ton of them yeah you can get the new PlayStation uh, the new Spider-Man on PlayStation 4 yeah 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 yes um do you but do you see the problem there the, the maker of Spider-Man Miles Morales might be like, no, 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 no. If you walk out here and you start talking about how the game's going to run better on PS5, you're going to hurt our sales. Because people are going to say, oh, well, I don't want to buy it. I was going to get it for PS4, but not now. It's going to run like crap. It's, it's, a touchy, it's a touchy subject. It's like, well... <sighs> market reception and consumer confidence can go down you start talking about how the game's not going to run or it's going to run in, in an inferior way on PlayStation 4 so what do they do? you know they um you know they they, they talk about how awesome the game is and they're like oh yeah it's also on PlayStation 4 they like kind of like let that one slip out you know what I mean? um Update on Transmog. Probably won't be talking too much about this until after Beyond Light. We don't currently have an ETA on when this will be available, but I can say that the team is planning is in the planning stages. They've invested they're invested in creating a good experience here. We'll get details when we can. Um That's not surprising. Um That's not surprising. I mean they 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 clearly are I mean when they talked about transmog they said they were entertaining the idea and it would land sometime in the future um and you know it uh it it transmog's not a needed thing right now we need depth we need we need i think we need a gun update we need loot cycles we need loot grinds Transmog's cool and all, but they said they were entertaining the idea and they were in the planning stages. It sounds like they're still in the planning stages for Transmog. So we're going to transition now. I don't know if we have people that are wanting to do VIP call-ins, but I feel like we will given the subject matter and given the fact that the TWAB tonight's going to be about tech stuff. So we may have a VIP call-in. Again, there will be links below as timestamps or individual uploads for members uh, depending on what you are want to do uh, as always if you're listening or watching this elsewhere you can catch me live at sayno to rage.com uh, please like share and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR presents. This is going to be the VIP call-in session that followed the talk about Europa getting dynamic weather. If you're listening to this or watching the past broadcast, you can always catch these live at sayno to rage.com. You can also catch these as individual uploads. Now, if you are a paying member on the YouTube channel, you just have to uh, go to the main 10 minute video and there'll be links provided there for members. If you're a paying member, it should also just kind of show up on my channel. Um, and be visible, but I don't have a way of like notifying you. It's presently still in uh, beta. So we got some call-ins today. I'm going to go to Gilly first. What do you want to talk about today, sir? You got to unmute Gilly if you're there. Gilly in the mist. Yeah, this looks, this looks. There you go. Okay, cool.
1: I have to say, this looks very promising, Um, especially with the plot we're seeing Um, and and the first thing that truly excited me was them talking about the process of making it them them having an iteration of this looks cool and then we put it in people's hands and it wasn't cool, it wasn't fun it was difficult, it made gameplay annoying I see this as very good that Bungie is taking steps to anticipate what we'll like and course correcting it so we'll like it more because we've had a lot of hit and misses that it feels like all you guys had to do is play test this Mm -hmm. and especially you know with trials and things like that so this seems good and i hope this also means um engine changes but a part of me also sees how they worded it that it may not be it may it because it seems kind of like they were just wrestling with the bear, this tiger, and they struck out and found a way to do it. Because it, it kind of has that feel at like, um, just before it does it go up to 11, they, they talk about how it's, you know, weather's fairly simple, and then, you know, the tools they have are meant to be just set up and left. hmm But then they were like, well, now we're scripting it. And it's, I, I don't know how well, the, I don't know how many scripted events we see anymore." Um, especially because a lot of the, the stuff we do is in the open play space is that a sign of engine changes is, is that is that a sign of reworking things i don't know it looks good but it could also be we just figured a way out and nothing's changed um
0: i would say i would say that we could read it that way, we could the reason I'm not reading it that way is because they didn't give us any specifics on who figured it out they said that the answer lied in scripting the weather in a way that was similar to the system sound and the destiny activities and they said after a lot of investigation from some clever folks we managed to do it well who are those clever folks like why aren't you telling us up this entire point they're giving us the names of the people right the names of the people working on this, we got uh, you know VFX lead Justin Hayward we have, uh, at the very very beginning, the Europa world art lead Ed Brennan is named we were brainstorming and Ed Brennan proposed this idea, and Europa design lead Alex Vilecki, or Vilecki and then all of a sudden down here they get vague they're like, well after some investigation from some clever folks, why wouldn't you say that this department figured it out, or blah, I don't know to me that actually sounds like they figured out a way to to do different things with the engine. I, I feel like they would say a very similar sentence about the D C V. Some clever folks figured out how to bring forward old content. Oh yeah, well, how did you do that? Something at an engine level, I would you know I would think. You know, I, I read this. I read this differently than you're reading it, which I think that oh, you could you can read it both ways. I I agree that you could read it the way that you're reading it.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, uh, as I talked about in my question today, I'm very excited to see what we'll see, well, what we won't see in the fog. Are we going to see stronger enemies? Are we going to see some maybe some new AI that has some planning on the fact that you can't see? Are we going to get Hive that have thermal vision and are going to sit behind corners and peek up and get you and poke you because they can see you, but you can't? Is, mm-hmm. is this going to, Are we, as I said, are we going to get stronger stasis because it's older and that's of how stasis works so the harsher the elements the stronger you get the stronger they get and all this tension and you can't see anything i could see this really bringing some life into the gameplay of all the storms coming and and some things are heating up and there's more enemies i could see them doing a lot of good things with this without it necessarily being like knocks you off your sparrow or you take more damage like you know from like a chilled effect or um you
0: know, your grenade gets tossed in the wind. Mm-hmm. I may, okay. Well, I'll say a couple of things. I think you might be right because they said players are encouraged to stick closer to cover and move with intent. I mean, why would you do that if it's just harder to see? Like that seems like there could be, um, there could be some you know some some change there in the you know in the combat or something. But I also think. If they're going to do that, there needs to be some form of a loot incentive or something exciting about it. Because if not, I think it'll just get old. Oh, because Vex Offensive could drop uh, a pinnacle. Was it a pinnacle or a powerful? It dropped a powerful, I think, the first two times in the week or something. And they could also drop stuff from the uh, from the Vex Offensive. And if you did it heroic, which nobody ever really kind of figured it out. It seemed like we figured it out, but whatever. To some the the final boss. I feel like there's got to be something tied to it, other than oh man, it's about to get crazy and about to get really hard. Like I feel like that'll become disruptive and annoying if there's no loot incentive attached to it. Um, it needs to be exciting for more reasons than it's than than the simple fact that it's happening. If that makes sense.
1: And I, I don't know if better weapons like like loot in the traditional like guns or armor would be a good incentive for this. Because I don't really think the difficulty, or what I would perceive the difficulty would be, would be to worthy something that powerful. Like, there needs to be a correct balance. Like, oh, hey, maybe I'll get some maths, or maybe there's a chance for an aspect, or you know, some other material thing we could gain. But I could I hope it's not like, oh, you just, we're well, like a lost sector. It's like, where you just, oh, you get a blue. You're like, that's cool, but it's not worth it.
0: Yeah, there's that heavy medium because you, you don't want like pinnacle gear or raid level gear dropping in a grindable public space, but you also can't give me literally nothing. I, I don't know. I think world loot or unique loot would be good, especially if the world loot on Europa comes with some of the things needed for this, you know, the, the thermal scopes that they mentioned. That would be that contextual power we've talked about before. Where because of where it's coming from, like Vogue weapons with Oracle disruptor, it it you know there'd be something exciting about it. Again, it would have to be more than just self-contained. Like yeah, I got thermal scopes, and the only place that matters is in this weird event when they show up and they're hard to see. Like there, you would hope there'd be other areas. I would anticipate that being a thing um, where thermal scopes are useful outside of just these storms. In the public space so but that could be again a way to make it oh yes we're finally getting one i'm trying to get such and such thing to drop instead of it being like yeah i've done this a couple of times been there done that it's just annoying and then you you try to leave a reinstance
1: i also hope we we don't talk about this much but i hope we integrate this into the story as well the campaign uh and maybe also we theorize the raid that there could be a section you know potentially outside or in a large cave where you couldn't see because mm-hmm. um the the ogre encounter of pit is probably my single favorite encounter probably of all the dungeons and most story content because there's something about an unkillable enemy that the goal isn't to kill them but to escape from them that just gives you the sense of adrenaline. And you're sitting in your seat and you you feel something. And a lot of content, you don't feel anything. You're just like, I'm doing this for the live at the end. Or I'm doing this because I need to do it for an objective. And I Mm -hmm. really feel like things like this could spice up gameplay and make you really feel like you're having fun and you you feel the emotion.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I You know, if there's an activity on the planet as well. um, And like we said, theorizing like a raid boss controlling a storm. You know, that's kind of that layer of combat I've talked about, you know, where they create a pain point and then you have a way to mitigate it with the, the items. So if there's areas that get crazy and hard to see, you could mitigate that pain point with, you know, thermal weapons that are dropping, you know, that 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 could be another way to to deepen the combat and not make it feel so samey.
1: Mhm. Um, that's about it for me.
0: OK, well, so thanks for calling. Good, in. Dude. I'm
1: excited for the 12 tomorrow or well later today.
0: Yeah, it should be here in about four hours. Yep. Mhm. All right, man. Thanks for calling in. All right, I'm coming to you, King Keys. Um, I see Light Leap in the voice chat. Are you calling in again? Because I know you said you couldn't, but you're back in. So, King Keys, go ahead. Hello,
2: hello. How are you?
0: Good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. So,
2: what I wanted to ask about today was the um that new trailer they dropped two days ago. Uh, what were your impressions on it? What impressed mm-hmm. you? What kind of like didn't impress you about it?
0: Yeah, the, with Bungie, I wonder if sometimes we're almost jaded or numb to their hype. At least I am a little bit like sometimes I get really excited. I got really excited when the stranger showed up. You know, we, we were thinking she was showing up and, um, you know, seeing her was pretty cool. Saint 14, things like that. This trailer didn't really get me like, oh my goodness, amped. I thought it was cool to see Varix. I think that was kind of the big takeaway for me, um, was Varix and then the Exo facility. Kind of hoping for some background on Elsie, knowing we found out in Mine a really long time ago that Elsie Bray is the stranger and is basically Anna Bray's sister, and the Bray family basically made her. And so I would love more info on that. That'd be cool backstory. You know, I think she's got significance in the Destiny universe and I'm happy to have her back. I mean, outside of that, we broke it down a little bit but it was just more environments, more combat. I am always, at this point, especially more interested in the... I'm not interested in the scaffolding and the blueprints. I'm interested in the meat. Like, what's the meat on the bones here? What's what what are adept weapons going to look like? World loot. You know, what's the activity? You know, how much content are we really, really getting? And I think maybe that's why it's not sort of landing on me in that, in that sort of get really excited way that sometimes trailers do. Because I think it's more... I don't want to do that thing that lots of people do where they cross their arms and they're like, Oh, you better prove to me, Bungie. This better be amazing. Like... I am uh, I'm I'm not doing that, but I am kind of sitting back and saying, you guys have really got to show some some cards here. There's got to be a great card on the river. You know that you've got to nail this because you you've set a stage that many people are expecting not just greatness, but improvement. It it can't just be more content. It's it's meant to improve and better the game. I think that's kind of how I would phrase it. Is the way they've they've kind of lit the runway up and led us here? Is year four is meant to be a change and not just more content? I feel like year four is setting the stage for Witch Queen and Lightfall and the future of the franchise and the future of the game. Uh, so when I see a trailer like that, I'm just kind of like, yeah, that's just Destiny, man. They're they, they're 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 exceptional. Uh, they're exceptional at that. They're really, really good um, at doing that at, at setting things up and getting people excited. So I think sometimes I get excited, but then I'm very quick to not let it, you know, um, blow me out of my chair because I think we've been there before. Um, we've, we've, Mm -hmm. we've been there before and kind of gotten burned. So I think I'm quicker now to say, oh, wow, that's pretty awesome. That's dope to see Varix is back. And then I want to calm down. Um, you know, I want to calm down a little bit more if that makes sense.
2: Yeah. Like I, I completely understand, you know, uh, I, when I actually listened to it, it surprised me that it was Varix, because I was expecting, to hear elsie talking and that made me think oh if varix is talking you know because we we, you're already expecting that uh, elsie is gonna be more than likely the main npc on europa hearing varix talking with europa in the background do you think that with this upcoming update we could be having more than one main NPC on a single planet. Because Nessus with Failsafe and the Kalos robot guy, I can't remember his name right now, I don't really consider him like a main NPC just Mm -hmm. because we kind of don't really hardly do anything with him except if you're just kind of bored and want some extra bounties. You know.
0: Yeah, no, I, my prediction for Variks is he will be the NPC of whatever the activity is on Europa. So I think he is going to set the stage for something that we're doing and working on, and because I think they like to use him. They use him in Prison of Elders, you know, Dismantle Minds, right. yes. I think they're going to use him as the voice and sort of the NPC of, uh, of whatever the activity is on Europa. I think... Um, Elsie the stranger I think straight she's gonna be the planets NPC because she's gonna drive the story the same way Anna Bray drove the story and then she's the NPC and and brother Vance um, that seems to be a pretty common thing you know you had Petra and spider so I think I think the stranger will become Europa's NPC, and then Varix is sort of the activity NPC that's talking to you and saying, you know, we need to do different things. And you're, he's probably going to be in a location you'll go and talk with him, maybe grab bounties and things like that. That's that's where that's kind of where my prediction is hitting.
2: Yeah. Uh, one last thing, I'm look. I just went through the trailer again, and at the 52 second mark. You can see there are two exos that are like they're being built. Uh so that makes me think that the raid is actually going to be the Deepstone Crypt that we go through to uh defeat Aramis at the to you know clear the Deepstone Crypt of Fallen and whatnot.
0: It's possible. I also think the thing you're looking at at 52 seconds, I really think the thing we're supposed to notice is that an EXO and a Vex Goblin are in the same container. Um, um,
2: yeah, I just now never that.
0: Yeah, I think that's the that's the nugget we're <laughs> supposed to pick up on is there is something going on. We're gonna make discoveries about Vex and and EXOs and what Bray what Bray was doing back then uh it could be upsetting, intriguing, helpful any any number of things. Um mm-hmm. so I think that's the takeaway. I think Deep Stone Crypt has has been pretty much kind of confirmed by Bungie uh as coming, mm-hmm. but that's what we all picked up on here. I wasn't I I I wasn't I don't even know if I was the first one to notice it, but we all kind of were like, "Oh, wait, that's a vex in there." So
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that's all I wanted to say. And so okay. Yeah, and uh, your next channel should be Lono ASMR for Destiny Sounds.
0: <laughs> I just imitate all the sounds in the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. just have it on a loop. Yeah, that's a good idea. All right, man. Thanks for calling in, dude. Yep. All right, I am going to make one little last call here. Is Light Leap calling in? I don't know. He I see him in voice chat, but he made it seem like he couldn't call in. So he may be in transit and listening. Um, So I just noticed he jumped back into voice chat. I didn't want to end it if that's why he jumped back in. He's not typing in Discord. So if, if it seems like a cool thing or a cool idea to jump in here and get on these talks with me live, you can pick a VIP tier on... Oh wait I forgot about techno oh my gosh I'm so sorry dude oh my gosh <laughs> I was Come getting ready on, to man. end it I, you haven't called it in so long go I I am sorry I'm sorry go ahead.
3: Well let me spin my lore web theory here real quick okay and it, it all starts with the rimmed ghost shell you got if you pre-ordered uh, beyond light okay So in the on the lore shell for the ghost there's a bunch of different VIP numbers listed. And I'm going to specifically talk about VIP number 1121, otherwise known as Varix. Okay. And the reports are that he's there amongst the other VIPs, VIP 2029, also known as Aramis, Mm -hmm. who you should already know is like the big bad guy because Bungie keeps telling us that's the big bad guy for the expansion Mm -hmm. or bad girl. And in the ghost show they say that they can't verify Varix is there or whether or not he's assisting or a prisoner of there. And based on what we know in Forsaken from the uh, Varix Most Loyal lore book, we shouldn't really be uh, that excited to see Varix again because he's the one that let the prison riot that killed Cade happen and let the barons out of their cells.
0: Okay. So wait, are th- are you theorizing he's good or bad?
3: I think he's a third party that is going to be against us.
0: Interesting. Huh. But
3: then that goes against what it says for Chiron's Crossing on the Beyond Light page where it says there's a distress signal sent by Varix. So I don't know. Because in the lore, Guardians are still pretty upset that... Uh, uldren killed cade which is why most guardians when they see uldren as a guardian just straight up shoot him in the face
0: so yeah yeah, yeah i mean uh, i i don't have a i don't have a strong opinion here i i think it could go either way i could see them doing it where he does um he you know he does side with us maybe we rescue him maybe we maybe he gives us an explanation for what happened or you know why why he did what he did with the prison um i don't know i i would like an explanation but i'm not going to sit here and pound the podium and be like he better tell us or i'm not gonna i don't want to work with him or you know
3: i didn't get to call in yesterday because i was uh Busy, busy doing stuff, but I was lurking on the YouTube chat because YouTube was, is not blocked at work, so that's a plus. So I didn't get to call in yesterday about the map. And my real questions about the map is, is there going to be... Is it just going to be like going around collecting the region chests and then I'm not going to have a reason to go to half these areas? Or are they going to be like... I think contact public event is good in the way that it rotates where it is every week. Mm -hmm. And I hope they sort of expand that over into like Europa on beyond light. So like one week there's an event in Cadmus Ridge one week, there's an event in the abyss one week, there's an event in the eventide ruins and it rotates like that. So you don't just go like an entire year with no reason to visit one of these areas.
0: Yeah. We touched on that a little bit yesterday, just like, the map is awesome, but I'm also kind of like I wonder and this is my hope, right? That the reason we're only getting one new strike and one DCV strike is because they're investing more in the world itself. They the, the areas, the activities, things like that. I like if you're going to spend all this time and 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 making Europa, then give me reasons to hang out on Europa. You know, and if not, if not, it just turns into another public space that we periodically go to to slam bounties or, uh, you know, I don't even know. Like the contact public event, logistically speaking, I do agree. I like that it switches locations and I like that it switches bosses. However, I, I don't
3: agree with you on the parts about the public space matchmaking being a terrible way to try to do a seasonal event and all that.
0: Yes, yeah. I was just, I was just headed there. You knew I was headed there, right? You. <laughs> yeah, I know.
3: I've lurked enough. I know we. Yeah. Complaints are...
0: So yeah, but but I do, I do want to say, I agree with you that I did like the fact that contact sh- switches locations and uh, and bosses. I think that was a nice touch. Um, and if they do something like that on Europa, great. But the other thing I think contact is lacking is the tr- a true loot drive. Uh, the umbrals are so plentiful after a good play session, I don't really ever feel there's a huge difference. I grind strikes one day, and then I do the interference mission the next, and both times I feel like I just go to the tower with a bundle of umbrals. So the, the transmission to me, when I go and engage with the seasonal content, there doesn't seem to be a strong loot transmission. It's just like, yep, more umbrals, more umbrals. I would like loot to be more unique to the activity, um, and, and I get why they did what they did with umbrals. But I think their intentions are good, but what it does is is it homogenizes the whole game and just dilutes it all into a nothing-has-a-real-identity outside of dungeon or raid. I get these stupid umbrals everywhere. Um, and I, I get think,
3: umbrals in the dungeons.
0: Yeah, literally anywhere you go, if you're doing dungeons, nightfalls, raid, whatever, umbrals are everywhere, so contact... It doesn't stand out for me. Contacts is a requirement for a pinnacle. That's all it is to me week to week. There's no loot, nothing. And I want that to change. So it.
3: And then uh, when you hit power cap, there's not even the pinnacle requirement making you want to do it. Exactly. Like, I'm not running contact until the uh, interference mission updates so I can finish the lore book and get my season title. Yeah. But yeah. That, that, that was a tangent. I, I wanted to really talk about just making it worth going around and doing stuff on Europa like collectibles are cool and all but once I have it what's the point of going back there again Mm -hmm. because when I went around for the chronicler title having to go around and collect all the dead ghosts and all the little drones everywhere I went to places I hadn't been in years because that's where they put the stuff Mm -hmm. and then I haven't been back since I got the collectibles
0: yeah so yeah
3: it's it's a it's a short-term solution it only works until you have it have the collectible like um the raid exotic pursuit it's only a pursuit it's only worthy worth running scourge right now until you have anarchy or the armor but armor like that's subjective so it's like once you have anarchy or any of the raid exotics now you're basically done with the raid because all the other stuff isn't really worth going for as much as the exotic The exotics just your checklist now i don't have to go back into the raid
0: Right. Well, and we're hoping that the raid loot changes and the logistics of getting the loot also changes because we've been saying that, you know, what we we want the the logistics of the um the the newest dungeon are I think one of the best ways to allow us to do loot pursuit. Um but I also I also think that they they in general need to figure out what they're doing uh with with loot as it is pursued because we just spent so much time in the tower in year 3 um, I honestly think that's one of the reasons people feel very sort of disconnected from the loot grind in the game itself right now there's no, enthousia- there's no enthusiasm uh, I, think I think tower that loot role. should
3: be like the get your foot in the door loot where it's just good or it's like good enough to start pursuing more high end loot like you should be able to take loot you get from the tower and use it to start doing like maybe a raid to start getting some raid loot and then go up like that where it's not really a linear game like you start off with small steps but then once you get some better loot you get some better loot and then the problem with that is you got to balance in pve and not make the content trivial while getting powerful
0: right well and also you it it's the catch 22 of if only if there's only good loot in the end game and all of the mid level stuff sucks then so much of the game doesn't matter to the hardcore players i was but,
3: thinking more like a gradient like a a, ta- mm-hmm. a weapon you get in the tower you can only get one stack of rampage on it and then the weapon you get in a raid can get like two or three so
0: R- right yeah or yeah.
3: i just use rampage as an example that would be a little too overpowered but You basically get, like, a watered-down version of the perk if it's a super easy weapon to get where you don't really have to pursue anything, like token slamming. You get, like, a little watered-down version of a perk.
0: Yeah, and with some of the things we're thinking about, like, with the energy levels and maybe some of the enhancement and the augmentation, maybe, you know, that's where raid weapons and trials weapons get adept versions of some of those mods or perks or something. So there is a clear difference but you're not you're not gonna turn your nose up to every single gun in the game if it's not from the flawless chest or the raid. Like that that can that can be just as bad as what we have now, right? It's like, well there's no loot hierarchy. Well, if the loot hierarchy is too extreme, then as a hardcore player, you make ninety five percent of the game meaningless to me, which is also a problem. There needs, as you're saying, a gradient of it's a slow transition from, you know, grey to black, so you know there's a difference, but it's not like Man, the the loot in the public space is literal, just basic trash, and the or the seasonal content and the loot in the raid and trials is amazing. Like if you do it too, if it's too sharp of a juxtaposition, then no one cares about the the mid lane loot at all.
3: I think maybe one of the easiest ways to do this would to be like making adept weapons their own tier for rarity. Like you can leave legendaries as they are, but then just add. A new adept here and that's just like an extra mod slot or maybe you get uh, an extra or an extra magazine or barrel perk on it or something something that would be like something that you can visually see is an upgrade and more than just the role yeah. but something that you can also feel that doesn't completely destroy everything mm-hmm. like if my dire promise could have a magazine perk and then and accurized rounds on top of it so i could go with like flared magwell with accurized instead of having to choose one or the other
0: yeah it could be as something as simple as the perks and the mods are enhanced when they're pinnacle they're enhanced they're better but they're not it (laughs) it's not you know well this hand cannon makes all their hand cannons literal garbage like it it would be like well no this is the best but it doesn't it doesn't invalidate all the others Um, i feel
3: with where legendaries are right now we for raid loot to be made powerful you're gonna have to either power creep legendaries with new ones or you're gonna have to nerf down current legendaries to make the new raid gear better
0: this is one of the reasons why I think there's an armor uh, 2.0 effect that's going to happen. The guns are the new guns in year 4 and beyond will be undeniably better and cooler. So this will never be a question in your mind. I I think we're going to get an, a weapons update with like an energy system and some modification of some point so that we did it with armor. You just, you, no question in your mind, all the new armor was better. I think they're going to do something similar with guns. So what you're I, saying I, isn't possible. I
3: questioned armor 2, 2.0 at first because of some of the armor drain values, making it hard to slot mods. Yeah. And then the energy drains, making it hard to mix and match different weapons. Like if I want sniper perks and sword perks, I can't because those are two different polarities. Mm-hmm so that's my only real problem with armor 2.0 is that and some of the values like i think uh any kinetic or small arms like uh, hand cannons scouts sidearms autos i think those should all have the same amount of drain values for their mods for the normal and enhanced because five for an enhanced hand cannon loader is kind of expensive when that's half of your entire armor energy drain yeah
0: yeah, some of it, some of it isn't that logical. It does some of it seems like it's a bit backwards. Um, Nagi's saying this season feels like a farewell to the old game. It's like them saying go and en- go enjoy the old content before it leaves. Will even give you an incentive to do the old stuff. That's why you get umbrils everywhere. I that's I think that is part of it, Nagi. I think you're right, but I also think they said that they they didn't want you to feel like you only could get the new stuff from contact. They. I think they were trying to meet us in the middle because it was like the only way to get Saint-14 guns was to run Sundial or or slam Fractaline. Well,
3: Sundial, I think, is probably one of the best seasonal activities they've made.
0: Oh, I agree.
3: That that only stuck around for a season. I think Sundial is probably the best out of all of of them we've gotten.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think people were unnecessarily critical of it, calling it Menagerie 2.0 and acting like it wasn't good. It's like okay, well, do you want Black Armory, Forges, Tower Event, and Contact? Because I think all of those are pretty, like, not that great. At least Sundial had some substance and movement to it.
3: I think how you get rewarded, or how you did get rewarded from Sundial, is how you should choose your rewards from the Flawless chest, where it's like, okay, you got three drops, pick what you want.
0: Yeah, I think I heard that first from Astacross, and I love that idea. I think giving flawless runners a little bit more control over what they get I think is is totally legitimate, um, and I think well, that's a good idea. The biggest
3: reason I say that is if when you go flawless, your loot pool gets bigger, and then eventually you have the entire loot pool, so then it gets really hard to get specific weapons Yeah, because you don't get that weapon again on your next card at win three.
0: They could do a punch-out system maybe. like You have to play enough weeks of Trials to slowly earn that right like the more you play the more you're able to do that like you see does that make sense like so by midway through the season you can go in and pick whatever you want but you can't do that week one you like a
3: vendor rank for saint 14 that will let you uh your trials rewards from the flawless chest or something like that
0: either that or treat it like the um the way the dungeon works like a punch out system like you have to earn them all first they have to drop first and then they're in that pool
3: yeah but then i can see that being a problem where people only do what they do now where it's they just farm up uh like most people i know they only play when summoner is like win three and they get to win three and then that's it for the weekend because they don't care about five or seven or anything like that they want a summoner and that's it so they will do everything in their ability to keep the loot pool as small as possible, so they can get keep getting summoners.
0: I I could see that being a problem. Um, yeah, I could see that being a problem. Maybe they would have to do it another way than like you're saying, like a rank, so that you you would have a vested interest to play every weekend, or you're holding yourself back. You know. Yeah. So.
3: I, think, I think I've rambled I think was, on in a bunch of different directions.
0: No, but, those are all uh, those are all good thoughts. It was good talking.
3: I got one last thing, and that's mm-hmm. I disagree with the fact that you should be that all armor should be just as good in the raid as raid armor. I don't. I think that's a rather bad way to look at raid gear in general. Is like it's just as good as the other stuff. Like the Garden of Salvation armor. Uh huh. I, I get just as good statted armor from the dungeon or from the season pass and all that other stuff. And when running the raid, it's nice that I don't have to swap my entire armor sets and save multiple armor sets, but then I kind of feel like the raid armor is useless then because I already have a bunch of good stat rules that I have fully masterworked. Hmm. So I had a thought of, to make the raid armor better in the raid just keep like the Armor 2.0 socketing mods and everything on it, but make the raid mods cost less to slot on the raid armor. Okay. So while it's not like a straight up, this is the objectively best armor, you still do get small benefits here and there for using raid armor in the raid. So like Relay Defender, instead of costing like two or three or whatever it costs, it would only cost like one or two
0: no yeah I think that's smart because uh, and that I think I think that kind of honors the spirit of what they've tried to do they don't want to make you wear the raid armor to get the raid perks but the raid armor should have something about it that is better or beneficial or contextually beneficial in the raid itself and I think what you stated is probably a pretty good target they could set and say okay all raid you know raid mods for the Deepstone crypt if that's what it is um all those mods are cheaper if you're wearing the raid armor, which in essence is going to shove people toward it, but it's a small enough benefit that some people could just totally ignore it and be like, nah, I'm not going to do it, you know? So, oh, your power just went out. I was like, oh, I was waiting for a final word. That's fine. Uh, that's probably a good time to end it I think that yeah, you were that was like the last thing you were wanting to talk about anyway so good calling in techno everybody else that called in. Uh, Gilly and King Keys. Guys, thank you so much. If you're like, man, calling in would be pretty cool. I'd like to be a VIP. You can pick that on Patreon. You can go to sntrpresents.com for the Patreon. Or here on the YouTube channel, you can click the Join button, pick VIP, jump in the Discord, and you can join me on these call-in sessions. They're really enjoyable. Uh, And if you're listening to this or watching this elsewhere, if you can't catch these live, I do these as individual uploads on the YouTube channel for members as well. So as long as you're a Tier 1 member, you'll see those uh, now as an upload. And then obviously the audio versions hit the other websites. So, as always, if you're listening or watching in the other locations, please like, share, and subscribe.